Welcome back to the Return to Play podcast, and it is Championship Weekend. Probably the two best games of the year are in potential of happening Sunday. I think we've got two great matchups, two evenly matched teams, evenly matched on the spread. I'm very excited to watch football this Sunday. I'm going to watch it in its entirety, and I'm not going to get off the couch for anything other than to cook chicken. Uh, what are you doing this championship Sunday, Danny? Uh, well, I probably won't be cooking chicken, but all those other things I will be doing. Pretty excited. I'm very excited to do it as well. Do you, do you meal prep at all on Sundays? No. <laughs> I you order cafeteria food <laughs> uh, infrequently. Some, sometimes, some me, me myself, rarely. No, <laughs> we, sometimes, sometimes our dinners are formal, often very informal. I usually do quite a bit of rice and chicken, or pasta and chicken, or salmon. Basically, a protein, a carb, and a vegetable, and that's kind of what we do most nights of the week, but I try to make two or three nights worth. So I only have to cook two or three times a week. I think that's a good way to live. Uh, let's see. Let's get straight into the, the biggest injury news of the week. And that is Patrick Mahomes's ankle. I instantly figured out what happened here. Danny and I each tweeted from the account. Uh, it's a tough one. We're we're both firing from the hip. Uh, he tweeted high ankle sprain. I tweeted low ankle, medial ankle sprain. And as I'm watching a replay on a loop of the mechanism of injury, I am 95.5% sure that it is an eversion ankle sprain because you can see the Inside part of his ankle, the medial part of his ankle, gets bent in the direction towards his midline, towards the center of his body. And that is typically when you sprain the deltoid ligaments. There's three deltoid ligaments, just like in the top of your shoulder. You got delts in your ankles. And when you sprain those, unless you completely tear them in half... Anything less than that, you're probably just going to have mild instability and tenderness. And this is all from orthoinfo.org and Mayo Clinic, Cleveland Clinic. Uh, those are the three sites I've been looking at today to refresh my memory. And there's also been a couple pop-ups of on Twitter of... Iggy Azalea wearing almost nothing. I don't know why that's like the next thing under Patrick Mahomes' ankle. Because uh, I'm not signed in. But that's what it's pumping to me, Twitter. So, and of course I had to investigate that uh, gif as well. I digress. So do you, so I think Patrick Mahomes is completely healthy in short. And I think he will be very much not limited in their game plan. However, I think the trend of Patrick Mahomes always rushing for over his average probably will not happen. Uh, while Danny gives his thoughts, I will look up Patrick Mahomes's 
rushing prop. They don't even have it on uh, FanDuel. So, Danny, what do you got on the ankle of destiny? So we, as we've discussed, me and Steve slightly disagree here, although the outcome really isn't affected either way. But I, I, I think, uh, also, I believe there are four ligaments that compose the, compose the deltoid, but I'm not a real doctor either. So somebody fact check us on that. Um, but we, uh, so the, the deltoid ligaments are that the, the ankle sprain, you know, a, a low, uh medial ankle sprain is much is very uncommon we have actually kind of touched on this mechanism on a previous episode last year i think but those ligaments are very very strong so when you have that eversion sprain like mahomes did commonly when you're getting rolled up on like that um those ligaments aren't what what tear you get um because they're they're so strong that the the force actually causes the uh syndesmosis the the um the tissue that kind of connects your your tibia and fibula to kind of tear apart a little bit, which which is higher up on the ankle. That's where you get the terminology: a high ankle sprain. High versus low ankle doesn't doesn't isn't based on severity of the sprain. It's just based on you know how high up the the leg it is. But I I tweeted out that it looked like a high ankle sprain, um, and I I still think that that's what it is. You know the mechanism of the injury, regardless, is the same. The uh, the um, oops, that's a that's a quality burp. The, I thought I was <laughs> muted. I'm gonna leave that in. That you, yeah, you need to. The outcome, you know, regardless, the the you know recovery and impact of it is still going to be the same. Um, I I do think that also you know you when he is rolled up on and that ankle gets trapped. You get some a valgus strain to the knee too, where kind of the knee caves in a little bit. So I do think there probably is a little bit of a very minor MCL sprain or irritation in there too. And uh, the reason why I I'm sticking to this logic when you get up and you and you watch him, you know he when he when you watch the whole video, um, the whole replay as they aired it, he gets hit, gets pulled down, he pops up, you know bounces up and down a couple times gimping and then when he grabs at at his leg he actually grabs his left hand grabs the inside of his knee so that's your mcl and his right hand reaches down for the ankle he actually grabs on the outside of the ankle um high up above the the malleoli those two little bony parts that stick out on both sides of your ankle so he grabs above the malleoli which makes me think that it's a high ankle sprain as well as you know he's grabbing on the outside so um you know the the he, he's not grabbing on the the inside of the foot there um so i think he probably got a little bit obviously the ankle more more severe the the knee probably just a very minor tweak that you know went away within a few uh few minutes but regardless um you know the the recovery is he going to be is the game plan going to be affected no he's still patrick mahomes he's still gonna go out there and freelance and do what he does because that's who he is and what he does and why he's so good but will he be 100 percent after a week no probably not uh but you know this is going to be you know they'll they'll shoot him up with some painkillers wrap it up real good um, and he'll still go out there and still be effective. I still ultimately like the uh, the Chiefs 
to to win the game at home. That that would be my pick, especially with uh, the line kind of trending towards the Bengals. Um, but we'll get to that later. And and I think the good news for the Chiefs is, you know, if they do get through this game, you'll have that two weeks of recovery and of him getting ready for the Super Bowl. So, you know, realistically, he should be close to 100 for the Super Bowl, if not, you know, 90%. And I can yeah. I can tweet out, I'll tweet out a screenshot of that, uh, of him, you know, grabbing at his leg after. Kind of difficult to get a clear answer on how many deltoid ligaments there are, but from footeducation.com, there are two components to the deltoid ligament broken up into four subsections, but it's three ligaments. One is has an anterior and posterior labeling. The tibio-tailor ligament is just, uh, anterior posterior. Just depends on what teacher taught you at first is what sticks yeah. in your memory, basically. Yeah. Yeah. We were both we middled it. We're good. Yeah, that's super detailed uh anatomy talk. Um and most people have probably Moved on from this podcast by now. But that's why you come here. You come here for the details and not for everybody on television and radio to say, well, we're not a doctor. We can't speculate on that. Uh, we sure can because we don't have to appease any advertisers on this show. Let's move on to the NFC game very quickly. Looks like, for the most part, both of these teams are are healthy. They're ready to go. I think it's healthy versus healthy. I think the Bengals are are pretty much full fully healthy too, other than the typical aches and pains of January football. Do you know of any other important injury news out there? Uh, the Bengals line is is banged up, which it has been. I don't know if uh if they're getting anybody back or if it's still the status quo that it was last week. But regardless, you know, the the line held up. The Chiefs have a great pass rush. I know that's been a topic of discussion. Um, you know, I, I don't remember if it's most QB pressures or what, what the number was, but they, le- they led the league in something pass rush related is a very big weakness that the Bengals have had. And, and you, you would think that that would impact the game and take over the game but you thought or at least i thought that the bills would get, get lots of pressure too and when you look at the past three matchup the you know mahomes is zero and three versus burrow or whatever the number is the chiefs have gotten lots of lots of pass rush and they've gotten to burrow since he has just uh you know been able to pull through so be uh you know a, a good game to watch i don't know what to fully expect i think the chiefs defensive line is going to impact the game more than the Bengals' defensive line. I think the Chiefs are going to be able to block Trey Hendrickson and be able to mitigate the damage elsewhere, whereas I think this Bengals' offensive line, the Bengals have a much tougher test this week against Frank Clark and the Chiefs than they did against that Bengals' pass rush in the snow, which definitely slowed down uh, guys, I think, firing off the ball on the edge. I think the offensive lineman does have a much better advantage in the snow. Uh, what they Fandle doesn't have a ton of great game props. I would love to find a total sacks prop for this game because that would uh, definitely be something I'd be interested in at possibly five sacks this game or more. 
maybe uh, we'll be on the lookout for that for the rest of the pod here. Back to the Eagles to finish up. Uh, I think I like the Eagles. I think Brock Purdy has – he got a lot of luck going his way the last last game here against Dallas and really a couple of those final games at the end of the season. It feels like everything kind of – the ball fell Brock Purdy's way, and that typically does not happen to someone all the way through the Super Bowl. What, what do you think about Brock Purdy going into Philadelphia? Everyone's kind of touched on this this week, but it's true. It's it's a rookie quarterback. Rookie quarterbacks aren't really supposed to win playoff games, and yet this one is in the NFC Championship with like a seven-game win streak uh, going into definitely head and shoulders more the most toughest test to date. What do you got on this game pretty much the same thing i i I expected last week i thought dallas would keep it close which they did and kind of the dallas you know really just kept shooting themselves in the foot you know the brock purdy story i love the kid but it almost is it's like it's just too good to be true and i keep saying like it's gonna catch up to him it's gonna catch up to him like he's a rookie someone's gonna figure him out but it you know it it hasn't happened yet the magic continues and philly just looked dominant with jalen hurts they've been dominant hurts's development has just been unbelievable um, you know, from from a few years ago, the guy that got benched for Tua because he couldn't throw to the to now where he's. I mean, the dude should be the MVP. It looked phenomenal last week. The the Eagles were just clicking. I know the Giants, you know, aren't that quality of a team. You know, they had a great season. Props to them, but they that's not a a team that's that threatening of a roster realistically. So it's you know that's tough to judge. I think I think Philly's defense and their pass rush and how good they've been ultimately controls this game and I think Philly probably wins easy like I would I love Philly to cover at home and the Chiefs to cover at home but again I've, yeah. I've been waiting I've been waiting for it to happen and you know Brock Purdy just keeps out keeps keeps doing his thing and winning games so who knows that's the thing it's very scary to bet against Joe Burrow and it's also equally as scary right now to bet against Brock Purdy. The guy can't lose. But uh, everything always seems to kind of balance out. So, <clears throat> you know, if uh, my thing is I'm going to – I think I'm going to hammer the Eagles. And if if Brock Purdy does make the Super Bowl, I think – I don't think that he could beat either the Chiefs or the Bengals in the Super Bowl. So I would then double down on the AFC team then to – win the Super Bowl after that. That would be, I think, my logic on doing that. And then I think you might as well you might as well do a parlay of the of both money line games you like because they are both right around the uh pick'em level. So Eagles Chiefs parlay is gonna be right around plus like two seventy. And then you know a Bengals 49ers parlay is you know, probably going to be right around three to one, maybe a little better. Let's get into the segments. Let's get into draw of the week. You know, I hit that Bundesliga draw with Leipzig and Bayern Munich. That was an easy one to pick if you're following the show. You know, I had that circled for several weeks. That was a great one to to see, to check the phone and see that it it did draw. There was no bold there's no bold team name. That's what I hate seeing. I hate seeing bold team names when I'm looking at soccer results. 
I'll just I'll just rip mine off here. It's the English FA Cup. It's Stoke City versus Stephen Age. That's Stephen with a V, so uh, not not as good, not as good of a name. But that's a plus two fifty draw. I know nothing about it. Uh, it. Just popped off the screen at me. What say you? Those are those are two uh, low lower tier teams still uh, still kicking in the FA Cup. So I'm staying. I think is it. I think it's Stevenage. Is it is it pronounced actually Stephen or are you just saying that <laughs> no, your, that's your name? Yeah. I'm just. I don't know how to pronounce it either. I'm just. I would just. That's just how I read it. Yeah, I'm staying away from English football. One because it's cup, not league play, and two because I can't hit a damn game. Uh, so I'm going La Liga Friday afternoon action, 3 p.m. Eastern time, in in the good old U.S. of A. So get your get your listening ears on quick and uh, get this bet in as soon as you hear the pod because I'm breaking the cold streak. I'm feeling it. Espanol and Almeria. Two of the lower Spanish teams in the table. Uh, it's just sitting a few points above the relegation zone, and uh, I think both teams are going to be, you know, happy happy to get out of scrape out of here with at least a point and get themselves some breathing room. So I like I like the draw here. Know nothing about either team, kind of similar to Steve, which is probably why I'm going to hit it because I know nothing in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what you might as well do with with draw the weeks. Just just point and fire. Because that's what you you just need really one out of three of these to to hit to stay afloat and then and then you wait to get on a hot streak because the hot streak will come with draws of the weeks. That's it's. Oh, I was I was fire hot at the beginning of the year if you if you are dedicated listeners recall, and now it's been months months. I'm probably oh I'm a, I'm at least oh my last ten, easy. Let's get right into the bets. We're gonna end end segments there for the week. And get right into the greasy gambling bets. I will start. Obviously, we'll we'll say Chiefs money line, and I like the over. The Bengals Chiefs games have always been right around fifty points, fifty two points, and the the line here is forty seven and a half. So, I think everyone's kind of focusing on the game itself, the result. I think I might uh, say that's a sneaky overplay, even though it's the the night game. Oh, most of the bets are on the over and most of the money is on the under. So erase that thinking. Uh, I'm staying away from that total. Let's fucking go. Penguins just scored in the in the shootout. Oh, <laughs> wow. Big, big no, up for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Good, good, good. Uh, Penguins. My uncle will be happy there. Okay, so same game parlay for Chiefs Bengals. I have two. If you're on underdog and you're doing the pickums. Hayden Hurst over four receptions, Joe Mixon under three and a half receptions, and then Quez Watkins under 15 and a half yards. He's kind of not really even had a target here since Dallas Goddard's come back. He's kind of fallen to the wayside. I say he gets probably a target that game, uh, the Quez Watkins. You know, you're basically hoping it's not a deep bomb and it's it's a slant or something and he just gets seven and that's his one target. That would be uh, a six to one for Joe Mixon under three and a half receptions, Hayden Hurst over four receptions, then Quez Watkins actually to start the day under 15 and a half receiving yards. 
That's my underdog parlay. And then if we move over to FanDuel, I'm doubling down on Joe Mixon under three and a half receptions. Hayden Hurst is over three and a half receptions on there. So you're getting a half on the duel. And then adding to this one, it is Travis Kelsey under 77 and a half receiving yards. Nick Sirianni said, I don't care what formation they're in. We're guarding 87. We're, we're figuring out how to stop 87. So, I mean, it's plain and simple. That is how you're going to have to stop this Chiefs team without uh, Tyreek Hill. The, the clear catalyst of the offense is Travis Kelsey. So you shut him down, and then you're going to force, obviously, Juju and Tony and MVS to be the the playmakers over and over again, or the chiefs are going to actually do the responsible thing and run the ball the entire game. And hopefully you stick with the run and, and those, the runs will pop in the second half. Also to that one on the duel, cause you can, you can tease stuff. I'm also at, so, so I'm also adding Jamar chase over 50 receiving yards. That's obviously very, very heavy juice. And then we're going to go both teams plus 10 and a half points. So it's going to be a single digit win or a 10 point win. Either way, these games have been close every single time between Chiefs Bengals. So that is a plus 850 parlay. You got both teams plus 10 and a half. Jamar Chase 50 yards. And then you got Hayden Hurst over three and a half receptions. And then flip the script. It's Mixon and Kelsey under. Mixon under receptions. Kelsey under yards. That's an, a plus 850. What do you think about those there, Danny? Sounds good to me. Your reasoning is uh, is sound. I have I have kind of similar uh, reasoning in the parlay I'll, I'll give out. So I like it. All right, all right, all right. Well, let's uh, let's just go with all of all the things you like you would like to bet on in this game. I also I would just take over if you could find it, maybe over four and a half, over five sacks total in that game, and uh, that should be should wrap it up for me. What what do you got? Allow me to say that I'm a dumb bastard. Uh, just to preface this. Forgot how uh, hockey hockey shootouts work. I, for whatever reason, I thought they were sudden death, but the uh, Penguins ended up ended up blowing that shootout. So Aww. Penguins Penguins lose in overtime, but at least they get get a point. But now they're going to be first team out of the playoffs as it stands. But that's neither here nor there. My parlay that I've built up here, uh, just just kind of going on with the uh, Mahomes. Injury and kind of how Steve touched on. I even without the Bengals saying that, I think they're obviously going to key very heavily on Kelsey, especially with the you know the huge game he had. So I like you know with Mahomes' ankle being a little bit limited, I expect more um, more kind of quick stuff. You know, slot guys. Uh, you know, slant screens, short routes. So I'm going Juju. Over three and a half receptions, he's been targeted not very much the past couple of weeks. But just for the reasoning I said, I think uh, he'll he'll you know he'll get a lot of looks in the slot this week. Uh, and and the guy that's kind of uh, taken away from his touches a little bit, Kadarius Tony. I've got over forty yards 
Um, so you know, if they take Kelsey out of these out of the game, these guys are going to have to get some looks. So I like that. And if you parlay that with the Chiefs at minus one to cover, then that's plus five fifty four. So you're you're over five to one. Uh, seems seems three uh reasonable, easily doable things. So I, I like that little uh little same game parlay there. Yeah, the uh, the Tony one scares me. He could. Uh, that's the that's the most risky one for sure. Especially just the fact that he is an injury prone person. That uh, you know, one one bad ugly uh, slip there in the January grass, and uh, it's it's lights out for Tony. So that's what history says for him uh, is what what could possibly happen. So. Don't like that one as far as a parlay. I like that one maybe straight, a straight prop. Yeah, that uh, we got some good ones. Definitely tinker around with that, play around with the, the player prop parlays, the same game parlays, usually risk-free on FanDuel. And, uh, yeah, uh, let's see. Let's get into the second game. Like I said, I think both of these games come down to which team wins the line of scrimmage, the trenches. And when I look at it every time, I just think, uh, well, <laughs> 49ers do have a great offensive line with – they have the best offensive line men in Trent Williams. But as far as a collaborative unit, I think Philly's offensive line wins that matchup. And then I think Philly's defensive line has more depth and is very scary as well. So – I think the only way San Francisco wins this game is with some trickery and it, they're going to have to have some luck. Like their, their luck is going to have to continue to beat this Eagles team in Philadelphia. I don't have the same game parlay for this one. Like I said, I like the Quez Watkins under Danny. You got any, any good uh, side bets for this game? What, uh, what I'm looking at on, FanDuel is just Brock Purdy, yes, throw an interception is minus 162. So if you, you know, you could throw that in with a Eagles money line or, uh, you know, something, something same game. Eagles, Eagles minus two and a half. That'll give you, uh, let me see here. What am I? FanDuel's not letting me do it. I don't know why. I like Brock Purdy to throw an interception, but I don't, that's not great odds though, minus 162. So I would, I, if you can parlay that with something else, you you figure something out. I'll keep playing around with this. What else I like for both games? You might as well do it for both games. Take the halftime tie. That's that's the other draw of the week. There's halftime tie, and then you you do that with each team to win the game. So it's the double result: first half winner, end of regulation winner, uh, is how they phrase it on FanDuel. But yeah, so first half tie. 49ers to win is 24 to 1. Uh tie with Eagles to win is 21 to 1. So either of those bets, uh, as long as you put the same amount on, you would get about 20 to 1 odds and then subtract the, the very little money you would lose on the opposite side of it. Still basically 20 to 1. Uh so like both of those for both of those games. The other thing I see on FanDuel for like special, it's like special parlays or special, sorry, special props for the whole weekend. Each team scores one field goal this weekend is minus 105. 
I really like that. I think points come at a premium in on Championship Sunday. I, I, each team's at least going to attempt a field goal this Sunday, surely. Uh, I, so I like this one for each team to to knock one in it, uh, in the uprights. Yeah, I, I do like that. You, you gotta think. Since KC is going to be a lot of points, a lot of scoring, so they're both almost going to have to kick one at some point. And then I think the NFC game, kind of the inverse, you're going to have defenses stepping up and forcing field goals rather than touchdowns. So I like that. Minus 105, you said. That's not not, not too shabby. Yeah, I think that's great value for that, uh, especially because almost every kicker's over under is like seven and a half points, six and a half points for each kicker. So that that definitely includes three points in there as a a field goal, obviously. So I think that will about do it. Maybe we'll try and get you some Twitter picks. It's in some capacity, whether it be a uh, a parlay or not. But, uh, Danny, do you have anything else to add before we we say our goodbyes? Go Chiefs. I don't necessarily want to root for the Chiefs, but I just I need I need Cincy to lose. Yeah, my hatred my hatred for Cincy is burning burning with a hot fiery passion. Yeah, I think it's fair that the Browns fans could root for Cincinnati because uh, the Browns are not on the same level at all as really anyone else in the division, but certainly not the Bengals. I, I understand that and, and the same state uh, aspect of it. I certainly cannot root for the Bengals. That's uh, a weird uh, Ohio fans that do that. Cleveland fans that like try to also claim Cincy are just weird to me. Cause one, that's, that's your biggest rival. That's your most competitive rival since your franchise came back. And two, like, the oh, it's Ohio thing is is also weird because like Michigan, Michigan State hate each other. Auburn, Alabama hate each other. Like Pittsburgh yeah. and Philly is like a big city rivalry. So Yinzers Yinzers consider Philly to be in New Jersey. So that's just a weird. Uh, I don't know. Cleveland fans are weird. They don't they don't they don't have a lot of points, but they they lose points in my book for <laughs> for that when they try to do that. Well, they're in a constant world of torment and anguish. So you know you can't you can't be too hard on him. Oh, uh, Frank Reich to the Panthers. I don't know. Is Frank Reich really going to take the Panthers beyond what they they already are, which is a maybe wild card team f- struggling to to outbest uh the rest of the shitty NFC South? I don't know. They also are going to need a change at at quarterback in, in some way. Yeah, not a not a lot of pieces on that offense right now. The one thing I did want to say, which you reminded me of it, so I'm uh, I'm glad you brought that up. So Rogers, where's where is uh where's Rogers' next destination? The uh, the Jets just just swung for uh, Nathaniel Hackett for their OC, Rogers' former OC. So is that them trying to? Sway sway Rogers to want to be traded to the Jets. I think it's realistic. Will it happen? Time will tell. <laughs> That's a lot of money. A lot, a lot of money, you know, to 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 fork over 
Jets are stupid enough to do it though. If if, if one team's gonna do it, if one team's gonna mortgage their future for what a thirty-eight-year-old quarterback, hey, it'll right. probably be the New York Football Jets. Yeah, yeah, that actually does make complete sense. Jets hire Nathaniel Hackett as offensive coordinator with Aaron Rodgers speculation lingering. See, I'm not even the only one thinking this. Yeah, no, th- th- this has been a story on multiple uh, podcasts that I've kind of heard uh, speak about it so far. 39? Rodgers is 39. Yeah. Just turned 39 in December. Golly, I mean... What are you gonna trade? Yeah, if if someone's gonna do, if someone's gonna do it, it's the Jets. The Jets are gonna do it. So you know, Tom Brady. What was he? Forty three when he won the Super Bowl. It's insane. Yeah, Tom, Tom Brady's Jets, a little bit different than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and the and the Bucks were were uh, they had a lot more offensive pieces in there around them than the Jets can offer. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Jim. People are starting to hate on on Tony Romo. I don't know why. I I enjoy listening to Tony Romo. All right, we need to we need to end this. Yeah, that was a that was a wild take. Um, that that was your craziest take of the season. You enjoy Tony Romo? Uh yeah. I'm I'm not annoyed by Tony Romo. He irritates me. I, it is it is truly baffling how he he you could tell he was such a student of the game like he can diagnose play like he he can predict plays like he 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 knows what play is coming just by like his his film study and all that but then like he just says the stupidest things he lacks like basic knowledge of the game like if you're a broadcaster and you don't know the rules of like a safety versus a touchback and just stupid things like that, it's like how are you? How is Tony Romo so so smart and so dumb at the same time? But he always sounds dumb, even when he is being smart. <laughs> he irritates me. Most 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 commentators do, so that's not necessarily a slight at Romo. He's he's better than others. Yeah, that's my better thing. Than- it's it's that I I hate almost every other. Uh, football announcer or at least don't care for them and then at least tony romo is something different he's got a different approach to the broadcast than 90 percent of broadcasters right now so that's kind of where i'm at i think his shtick will will get kind of older as time goes on i think he's gonna have to chill out a little bit more I wouldn't. I wouldn't be opposed to like Peyton and Eli just doing it full time. If I could watch them every week, I'd be pumped about it. I agree with that too. They. I like the ESPN two show there. So All right, enjoy Championship Sunday. Hell of a pod. Hell. Hell of a closing out. Send us. Send us off, Steve. So we've got two more weekends of football. With a gap in between, I think we're taking next week off, a little break, and then we're going to come at you with a longer Super Bowl episode with tons of props and outlooks and analysis. So until then, enjoy this last weekend of football, and then you can maybe get back to some resemblance of a life on the weekends for about four to five months here. and. You got to make sure 
when you are doing the this football watching, it's warm, eat some soup, it's good, good soup work, and put some bets in. Don't put too many in, but you definitely want some skin in the game. Listen to me, Uncle Steve. You know the last bit here. Stay healthy, America.